What is going on, you tubanites? Welcome to Lords of the Long Box. We got a good old-fashioned Mikey Sutton scoop and long-term spec list. It's been a while since we had some exciting news. It's so big, we have a spec list for two shows, Daredevil and 2099, Spider-Man 2099. So let's get to it, right, boys and girls. First, let's kick off our intro with DJ Curse from the world-famous Beat Junkies. the world's three greatest heroes created from the cosmic legends of the universe their mission to fight injustice to right that which is wrong and to serve all mankind What is going on, YouTube tonight? This is your man, T. Vulcan, the Lords of the Long Box. Yes, that actually is true. Versus the three men to hair to help you as the uh, the extended version. There, I got my man Otto from the Grotto. Say what's up. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Otto. We got a long term spec list. I'm digging this. I'm on the back end of this, so we're gonna have a good time with this. All right, my man Milton the Man. I'll say what's up, Zach. What's going on, everyone? Like Otto said, we got a long list of characters here, and I'm gonna be honest with you. There's some pretty good dollar bin fodder here to pick up. So it was a hey, turn a little buck here. Yo, I was thrown off a few times by this list because there were some characters yeah. that uh, I had to dig like three layers deep to kind of make the connection. But the Daredevil ones are pretty easy. But uh, oh, yeah, hopefully you guys get excited. And then uh, uh, before I, I get to the long term spec list, I'll read the scoops that these are based off of from our man, Mikey Sutton. But first of all, the show is sponsored by. Uh, our friends over at Rocket Comics, man, things are starting to pick up right now. You can go get some private signings from our friend at Rocket Comics and tell them the Lord sent you. You get 20% off your first pressing order. No limit on the number of books you get pressed. They got some private signings coming up, so make sure you hit them up and message them, and they're going to be doing some great stuff. Also, the show is brought to you by our friends at KRSComics.com. Use discount code of LOTLB to get 15% off anything in their Karis Comics store, including this beautiful book is still available. I can't believe that. That's shocking to me that this Philip Tan variant is still available. Use a discount code of LTLB to get 15% off anything in the KRS Comics exclusive store. The show is also brought to our friends at the Geeky Swag Shop. Go to the geekyswagshop.com. Use a discount code of LTLB to get 15% off anything in the Geeky Swag Shop. Also at our friends at Cover Price. You know, they're not really giving anything, but they're a great tool to use. Matter of fact, Make sure if you're new to the channel, hit that subscribe button, hit the like button. If uh, once we hit 4,000 subs, we're going to be giving away four six month subscriptions to coverprice.com for all your collecting needs. It is a great, great tool to have. You can pull up, you know, pricing, uh, rarities, all kinds of good stuff. And I really dig what they're doing. And uh, cool guys, too, man. We interviewed them and uh, they're they're good at what they do, man. Yeah, One guy part earth, knowledgeable, part yep. of the community. I mean, they know what they're doing. They're not just a bunch of dudes who put together some stuff they're comic book fans yeah, they're yeah comic book. they know the books they know the titles they look at lots of things man unbelievable good, good stuff yeah. so uh let's uh just kick it off like this boys and girls ladies and gentlemen could i please have your attention i've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story and i need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen cannonball <laughs> 
That's right, boys and girls. Let me kick this off first before I read uh, the Daredevil long-term spec list. This is coming, the scoop by, based off of our friend Mikey Sun dropped on May 4th, and then he was able to get some characters that have been reserved for the Daredevil series, okay? So let's get right to it, boys and girls. I'm reading verbatim Mikey Scoop. In the light of darkness, a crimson spirit in the heart of Hell's Kitchens, there's for three seasons on Netflix, Daredevil busted through city hallways and shed blood in the gutters. It was among the MCU's most critically acclaimed and popular TV series, echoing the street rise grit and Catholic subtext of Frank Miller's iconic take on the character. With the creation of Disney Plus and the removal of the Marvel programs on Netflix, its future had been subject to speculation and rumor. In September, amidst a flurry of public rage bait, Mikey reported that Daredevil would turn to television in its adult nature intact. At that time, there was talk of it being revived on either FX or Hulu. I think on The Lords, we reported that it was probably going to be on FX. But that was all it was, was discussions. Mikey checked with his sources last month to see if anything had changed with the rights, if the gossip of any of them had returned or early were true. I was told that they were not, and I suspect that hasn't changed. I was given an update, though, that will excite fans who have been desiring a closer connection with this and the theatrical MCU. It was revealed to Mikey, although they legally can't work on the series at the moment. Remember, it's still they have a two-year window after uh, it stopped airing on Netflix. Talks continue on what will be done. First of all, they're leaning on bringing the series to Hulu instead of FX. The rougher edge MCU characters to possibly guest on the show will be like Nick Fury, for instance. But there's another difference. While Kevin Feige liked the original series, he's not so keen on continuing what Netflix did, but instead incorporate his own vision. You know, Feige likes to put his stamp on things. However, his preference is to retain Charlie Cox, Charlie Cox, uh, and some of the cast. No negotiations have begun yet simply because they aren't allowed to. Legally, they can't because of the contract that Netflix had with Marvel. Uh, what we're looking at is possible reboot, one that is firmly set in the MCU. If Ryan Reynolds can play two different versions of Deadpool, so can Cox and Daredevil. The, the multiverse can explain that way if need be. There's no plans for Daredevil to join the Avengers, though. Marvel Knights, maybe? Close. They talked about Daredevil joining forces with Moon Knight, the Punisher, and Ghost Rider, among others, in the Midnight Suns. It's gradually, it's gradually developing, so stay tuned for further updates. That's pretty exciting. So what's a little bit off here is we heard that um, they wanted, when it first happened, that they wanted to move all the Netflix um, MCU or Marvel characters onto FX, right? FX is like the perfect venue for it. We obviously realized that none of these shows can be on Disney Plus, not way too violent. But now we're hearing that they want to move them to Hulu. So uh, Mikey was able to find out from his folks from within Marvel that, you know, this is what we call a long-term spec list. These are characters that have been reserved by the studios. And now we, it used to be reserved either by Jeff Loeb or Kevin Feige dividing up, but now it's all Kevin Feige. So it's Kevin Feige is like, look, I want you to put a reserve in these characters. And what they typically do is like they, the staffers will research the characters and say, Hey, this is how we can use them. These are the storylines. So let's get right to it, boys and girls. I'm kind of excited for this. And I think a lot of you will too, because a lot of these characters, at least on the daredevil side, <laughs> you know them. All right. First up on the long-term spec list, uh, Zach, I'll let you take it. So the first one up, <clears throat> excuse me, we got Stilt Man. So yeah, Stilt, Stilt Man, Man is a funny <laughs> character. You know what? You know who Stilt Man's equivalent, in my opinion, in the DC universe is Kite Man. They're like the Bro, same character, Lord. where they're constantly like bashed on and made Isn't fun he of. Recently in uh, the cartoon, the oh, he's uh, great. Harley Harley Quinn. Quinn. Yeah. He's yeah. great. He's Mary and Poison Ivy. He's fantastic. 
So Stiltman, we have a couple iterations of Stiltman. Uh, the original one's going to be Wilbur Day. And as the name describes, the his powers are he's a guy who has large stilts that he walks on. And obviously they're armored. He has superhuman strength, telescopic legs, that kind of stuff. But he's very much a low-level villain who has plagued both Spider-Man and Daredevil. And it's actually something you're going to see as we talk about all these characters, that's the thing about Spider-Man and Daredevil is they have the same villains because they're both street level characters. So it's very hard to say one character's, you know, Daredevil or Spider-Man, obviously with some exceptions, but for sure, this is a character who'd be kind of fun to see. And he was teased. If I'm trying to recall, he was, uh, he was making like weapons or something in the Daredevil Netflix series, right? There was a version of him. No, I think you're thinking of Gladiator, man. Gladiator, Gladiator yeah. was definitely making the weapons yeah. for Daredevil, but nothing about. Yeah. Um, there was one of them, yeah. So I'm pretty sure. Gladiator. You know what? I have a feeling we may see Gladiator on the list. I'm just saying, man. So there you go, boys and girls. Stilt man, and a lot of these characters are. You know, you do a whole season or two seasons, you need a lot of different villains to pop in there, like a regular comic book, right? So I mean, you know. I, Here's something that's kind of interesting about characters like Stiltman and actually some of the other characters we're going to see going along and tied into the MCU is if you remember back to Spider-Man Homecoming, you had the Tinkerer. And in Daredevil and Spider-Man Universe, the Tinkerer is always giving out other people's characters like Stiltman's powers and tech to other villains. So that's a good way to tie someone in, you know? Yeah, there are some sales data on this. I mean, we didn't go really deep into it. I would suggest if you really want to go in deep, Go over to coverprice.com and put in the title and look at the sales data. But I will tell you this. Uh, last recorded sales is $59.99 for a raw copy. Graded 9.0 sales average around $214. A raw copy, about $45. So, I mean, this is hard to find in a high grade. It's a Silver Age book and a white cover. That's like double. That's like double indemnity. That's just the, just the hardest ones to find. So, that's a good right, cover, so, too. Yeah, first that up. Great on cover. He's on a cover. I mean. It's a good cover. It's a good book. But the Daredevil yeah. books were getting a lot of love back in the day, you know, so probably why. Well, they did the second time around. I mean, these yeah. are like some of these are double spec books from when they right. I will say this. No, regardless of Marvel, Netflix was probably uh, very good for spec, obviously, more so than CW. Right. After a while, people got tired of it, but it's still not the MCU. But, you know, now that it's part of the MCU, I think these specs will have more legs. So first up on the list is uh, a Stiltman, that's Daredevil number eight from 1965. Next up, it's been uh, reserved for the Daredevil series. Oh my God, I can finally say it. Dakota North. Oh God, boom. It ain't true. It is. Finally, this character has been talked about forever. There was supposed to be an ABC show, some other things. So finally, looks like they're going to use her in Daredevil. She is a good guy. She's a private detective in the, and she is part of the MCU. This book has also got a Canadian variant. So I mean, this was a, this became a, a title right around Moonlighting was a popular TV show. If you remember Moonlighting, that was Bruce Willis's first show, and it had kind of this kind of private detective thing in this high fashion world. That's what Dakota North Investigations was, right? In this, this high fashion world, you really said that. Oh my well, god! I was reading the Moonlighting synopsis. I mean, <laughs> no, I mean that wasn't for wasn't those of us who like, remember Moonlighting when Bruce yeah, Willis. Yeah, she hair. was the editor of like a Cosmopolitan magazine or something. Wasn't yeah. she? And then uh, Bruce Willis was her private eye or something like yeah. that. This was way before. This was before Die Hard, y'all. Go look up. Oh, he had hair in this one. Full head of that, hair. 
Well, I don't know about a full head. Well, I, I, you're right, I don't you're think right. Bruce Willis has ever had a full head. <laughs> He's a little thin. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Dakota North, man. Finally, man. This we've been talking about. I've been talking about this book forever. There's been whispers about this character coming. That would be awesome if this character came because people were like, "Who the hell is Dakota North?" And you can tell them the Lord's told you, man. Next up is a character I'm pretty sure most of you've heard of, and this is an iconic cover. What's next, Zach? We have gladiator so gladiator we talked about he actually showed up in netflix season one i think he made a reappearance in season two or maybe season three he wasn't in all three but they had a great iteration of him so this character melvin potter melvin potter originally in the um in the comics he's actually more of like a villain and he's a costume designer who who makes weapons and thick metal armor and obviously dresses up like a gladiator but as we saw in the netflix daredevil He's the one who ends up creating Daredevil's suit, ends up giving him the um, the uh, the sticks that have the grappling hook connected together, and he really helps out Daredevil as he goes along. So we've seen him once before, and I really like the take on him in the Netflix series. Bringing him back, I mean, if you're not going to, you got to bring him back exactly the same, in my opinion. I don't really know what else you'd do with this guy. But right, he had a big is- part in the Frank Miller Daredevil run. Uh, with the death of Electra, where they fought the hand and um, those books, and he was really out of his. He starts to lose his mind. He starts to go nuts. He doesn't trust himself. Right. But he's really a badass. He's a great, great character. I'm a huge fan of this character. He's been yeah. one of those guys who goes back and forth between being like a bad guy to struggling to be a good guy and, and, yeah. and whatnot. He's out of his mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's out of his yeah. Mind. So, I mean, if any, there was such thing as a rogues gallery for Daredevil, he would be part of it. Definitely. You know what I mean? There are certain characters. So, um, Daredevil, Daredevil number 18, the first appearance of Gladiator. Pretty cheap, man. You can get an average graded 7.0 for 115. Raw, raw dogs, you can get pretty much anywhere. But it's getting harder and harder to find because everybody's snatching up everything nowadays. Uh, next up on the long-term spec list is this. Yes. Machine Smith. And that's right, boys and girls. This is Marvel two-in-one number 47 and this is one of those ones where you, i really had to research this character because this is one of those characters that's a bad guy that's changed himself from character to character to character and you'll find out the next version is either him or somebody else so when i get these lists i just get the character names i don't get any context whatsoever i don't get any storylines i don't get which versions of them so i try to parse the information as best we could so we don't get ultimatum confused with A-L-U-L-T-I-M-A-T-U-M, whatever that acronym was that I said yesterday. It was a mouthful, though. But right now, $9.6, $30. But how dope is this, though? Besides, it's the first appearance of Machine Smith, who's a relatively small character. It's a Marvel 2-in-1, number 47, where the Thing and the Yancey Street Gang. Remember? He, yeah. uh, Everloving Blue-Eyed Grim, uh, Blue-Eyed, uh, Blue-Eyed Blind Grim. Always refers back to Yankee Street, so you actually get to see the boy, the Yankee Street gang on there. God, I hate the, the Gucci gang, man. Gucci gang, man. Yeah, but could you imagine these street thugs? Like back in the Fantastic Four books, the the Yancey Street uh, gang, they would send like the thing, like letters and notes through the mail, be like, "Hey, meet us in this street. We'll take you out. Like we want to fight you guys. Like I don't care what kind of gang I have. Like I'm not messing with the thing. Like these are not smart. Well, the I U.S. Mean, Postal if, Service for that matter. To be yeah. to be fair, I mean Superman used to foil bank robberies too. You know what I mean? It was like yeah, they were right, just doing point. like everyday street crime before. Yeah. before <laughs> Uh, next up on the list is Daredevil number six. This is the first appearance of Mr. Fear. The reason why I referenced it before, uh, Machine Smith was also a version of Mr. Fear, but this is the original Mr. Fear, but 
I'm just saying that. So for I'm just I don't know which version of it's going to be. So I'm putting it out there. A lot of times we say we don't care about production notes, what's starting, what's up. We just care about the character name. And this is one of those ones where some guy you guys are gonna have to do a load of your own homework and get multiple issues if you must. You know what I'm saying? But this is the first appearance of the original Mr. Fear. Machine Smith later on became another version of Mr. Fear. So I didn't want to put all those in there just to throw a bunch of numbers at you guys. But I thought this was pretty cool because it's Daredevil number six. And it's got some sales value on it. I mean, uh, a graded 8.5 average is about $240. Raw dog, right around 41 bucks. The last recorded sale was a 7.5 for $210. So, you know, obviously Daredevil Silver Age issues. I mean, I remember when Daredevil number one, you can get like a 4.0 for, you know, like under a 1500, right? Yeah. But then after after the show came on, it really, it's, it's really picked up just like pretty much all of Marvel uh, comics, but you know, it's just, it just goes to show how uh, collecting has been. All right. Next up is another daredevil foe that is pretty well known. And I think we talked about it before that it was on long-term spec list, but uh, regardless, he's back. What is it? Otto? We're talking about the paladin. We ready to go. No, I'm doing it in sequential order, so it's the owl. <laughs> the owl. There we go. Okay, good, good. I don't know if we talked about the owl before, but it's all right. So the owl was a great character. It came out in. Daredevil Are you looking at the screen in YouTube or the screen in Streamyard? I'm looking at both, but I got it. Okay, look in Streamyard because I it goes immediately. There's no lag. Gotcha, gotcha. You're right. All right. So Daredevil number three, first appearance of the owl. At this point, he's just your classic gangster. Okay. He's your gangster. He wants to go after Daredevil. We see Daredevil in a classic suit, uh, number three in the Daredevil series. So they wanted to give him a mainstream or a villain to go up against. And Owl stays around for a long time. He becomes a Spider-Man villain. He, As he starts to grow the character himself, he wants to become more like an owl. So he takes his serum and he his physical features start to change and he just grows and grows. So although Owl is like your B-lister to Doc Ock, the owl is a very criminally, he's a very sinister villain. Um, and what's really neat for you guys that haven't read this, but Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man, number 73 to 76, was some of the most violent books in that series where the owl, um, Doc Ock, the Black Cat, and Peter Parker all go at it. And it was very violent, very aggressive at the time. But here, you know, you've got, you would go back to this book, Daredevil number three, you know, you can get, you can get a graded 8.0 for 321. Raw copies are around 112. And look right on a cover. He's on a cover. It tells you who it is. And it's just a great book. And I just think it's underrated. But I'd love to see what they do with him because uh, like a Kingpin, like a Doc Ock, he's, you know, you're um he's just a great villain, I think, that they could do stuff with. I don't know what you and, guys think. We about actually, he was in he was in Daredevil season one. He played uh Leland Owsley was in there. He never really turned into the owl, but he was kind of the Kingpin's financial advisor so to speak, as he is with, you know, kind of in this comic or in the, his original origin. Yep. So he was, he was in there, but he didn't become the owl, you know? Yeah, and I think Feige was frustrated on, on what Netflix did. It went right up to the line of where they wanted to be like comic books, but then they didn't, you know what I mean? Where now Feige was like, look, I'm going to give these guys full on costumes and they're going to be the villainous, you know, courts and because the netflix stuff they tried to remain grounded you know as opposed to iron fist well even the only thing i was disappointed with with the netflix daredevil series is we didn't really get to see the sonar like we did in the right. ben affleck version the ben mm -hmm. affleck version hate it or love it or like it whatever what they did showing the daredevil sonar was spot on i thought right right from that. the comic book 
they did that fantastically. Whereas on the show, they were like keeping it grounded. So he just kind of perked up his ears and shit. Or, you know, I mean, you know, it was, uh, you know. I'll tell you what, the owl in the recent, in the current uh, Daredevil run by Chip Zdarsky, the owl is a bad mother in that. Okay. He's like, he's going up against trying to become the, the new kingpin. He's, he's basically the crime boss there, too, and he's awesome, man. Right. Is he starting to mutate? Did he start changing his body? Yeah, and like he's, yeah. he looks more like the owl. He's got, yeah. like, you know, the wings and claws right. and stuff. So Cool, cool. All right. Next up on the list is we've something we've had on our long-term spec list for a long term now, so we know they've been using it. Hopefully, you guys all got it. And it's anniversary issue. What yeah. is it, Otto? That's the Paladin, Daredevil 150. We've talked about him before. You know, the crime fighter slash mercenary slash rogue. Um, fun book, Daredevil 150, Jim Shooter, Carmen Infantino did the work. And, you know, he's a mercenary private investigator, like I said. He, you know, he battles Daredevil. He works with Daredevil. He goes after the Purple Man. He's, you know, he um, had a little love affair, a little affectionary thing with Wasp at one point. So he kind of gets around. He's definitely a womanizer. And uh, we've talked about him for quite some time. And I think he would be a very easy character to translate onto any type of medium, uh, TV show, live action, or anything you want. Because really, he's just a, he's a good hand-to-hand skill combatant. He's the marksman, guns, the stun gun, the body armor, that kind of stuff. So very easy, I think, to translate. Yeah, in the, the modern street. times, he he's he's more of an anti-hero than he is really. He's kind right. of... Well, chaotic he, neutral yeah, yeah right he would provide a great foil to daredevil because daredevil is very much you know law and order justice yep. Yep. and the paladin's a mercenary and so he comes out there and he's not as drastic of a foil as punisher can be to daredevil and it's he's more like a guy he could work with but right uh, yeah paladin's a great character man yeah he's he has he, he's been around a lot in, yeah. in the modern comics i yeah. mean in 9.8 300 bones man so you know right. we, i mean it's a great book it's an anniversary issue uh, uh last recorded sales book was 17 bones raw raw dogs typically around 1250 anytime i see this book i grab it because it's a bronze age it's a anniversary issue it's a first appearance i mean it's yeah, got a, a lot of guys worked on it if you can get anniversary issue you know, boom, yeah. get it. And it's a first appearance. All right. Next up is a rather goofy character and really only one person can introduce him, Otto. Who do we got uh, for uh, the Daredevil long-term spec list? Yeah, we've got Spot, okay? The Spot. And the Spot, right? Not The Spot, but The Spot. So The Spot, I tried to find some information on him. Um, and he, you know, as you can see, the Kingpin's on the cover. He worked for the Kingpin. He was a scientist. And uh, Kingpin... Uh, quested him with this task to create these like portals or something and obviously it went wrong and so now he's just this character who cr create portals through his body and end up in different places and other than that i don't really know it's too a much great about ability him, so. to have when you're robbing banks that's what i right. mean you know right he's yeah a thief, right i mean right uh, the reason i remember the spot i believe in peter parker spectacular spider-man number 100 um and did you tell him the issue auto just for the people who are listening on the podcast and aren't oh, on no, video. absolutely not. So you're looking at uh, Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man number 98. Uh, yeah, so issue 100 is the famous issue, I believe, where it's a bunch of spots and you see him like punching Spider-Man from different, like he'll put in his fist in one uh, spot and it'll pop up in another one. So from a fighting perspective, it's got to be kind of tough, but he is rather goofy and is right up there. So typically he... Because he's probably one of the more powered villains that daredevil ever fights daredevil also fights very grounded characters not a lot Most of guys of time, yeah. powers you know what i mean so yeah 
That's interesting. Same, same with Batman. Like if you think about all of his rogues right. are more like uh, of the mental fuckers exactly, as they are yeah. physical fuckers. Can I say that? Well, I just did. But yeah. anyway, Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man number 98, the longest name for a comic book ever. And after a while, they just call it the spectacular Spider-Man. Uh, fun fact. I had a Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man uh, 100, I think. And the first time I met Ken Lashley, he was uh, closing up the shop and he had some prints. And I was like, hey, I'm going to buy these prints from you. Wait for me. I'll be right back. He goes, okay, no problem. So I went off and I spent all my cash on buying other comics. And I came back and I said, man, I'm so sorry about that, Ken. He goes, no worries, man. He goes, you know what? Take them. He gave me four prints and just said, take them. Nah, them and so in return, I said, you know what? Let me give you something in return. So I gave him a Peter Parker, Spectacular Spider-Man number 100 near Mint. And we, I've been friends ever since. That happened four years ago, man. So he still remembers it to this very day. That's why Ken Lashley's a cool dude, man. All right. Next up on the list is another one for our man, Otto. What is yep. it? We got Ox right here from the Enforcers. This is straight Ooh, up Ditko. Probably Steve. the most expensive book on the list here. It really is. And this is classic right here. This is classic Ditko. Um, classic Stan Lee. First appearance was Amazing Spider-Man number 10. One of my favorite covers ever. I just want to throw that out there. Um, and Ox, there's two iterations of Ox. There's one of the um, Ox was, his real name was uh, Ronald uh, Raymond Blotch. And then his brother was Ronald Blotch. And they were both huge guys. They were, they were 6'8", 385 pounds, uh, just all muscle. And they he, they were the strongmen, right? Um Raymond Blotch actually dies at one point, and then Ronald Blotch comes in and you know becomes the next uh, ox in the character, and just your strongman for your group. And they've been around, and I think this would be another character that would absolutely translate well um, onto any type of medium that you want to do it. So ox, and you'll see him in a lot of covers. There's a great Daredevil cover where uh, uh, Daredevil's beaten down, ox is standing right over him, you know. So lots of cover time for ox. Just a cool character uh, yeah. when you're. I was just going to say, when you're looking at it, you know, seven O's or uh, $448 or raw books are around three fifty, nine twos are almost 1900 bucks. I mean, this is a top 10 Spider-Man book. Well, the last so recorded sales cheap. is a 9.2 and that's, I think that's pretty cheap for a uh, fucking Spider-Man book in the top yeah. 10. I mean, yeah, you top think 10 so? Spideys, jeez. Right, right. Absolutely. Man, I mean, because yeah. I'm in Spider-Man, like one through 50 is full of first appearances, right. like villains, Loaded. Spider-Man's rogues. And Every it's issue. Just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's great hunting ground if you get to, if you ever had that run or bought that collection. All right. Next up, boys and girls, is a um, the list for Spider Man 2099. Mikey Sutton have reported that Sony and Disney are talking about developing a live action Spider Man 2099 show for Disney Plus. Now, the all the Daredevil we just said, Mikey was hearing that it was going to be on Hulu. Uh, they talked about FX. So either way, it's going to be streaming on one medium or the other. So this one is interesting because Spider-Man obviously, 2009 obviously is, a, well, Sony owns the rights to it. But uh, to put it on streaming, they would need to work with Marvel. We're hearing that Marvel and Sony are talking about it and they would like it to happen. This way, Sony gets a Spider-Man adjacent uh, property into the MCU without actually using Spider-Man, right? I mean, this is this is not Peter Parker. This is Spider-Man 2009. We're talking in the future. So this also brings in, you know, things in the future, possibly time travel things. So this is a very, very interesting spec list because um, there are some, like, characters where I was uh, at a... couldn't find, to be honest with you. So <laughs> yeah, right? 
Because uh, I always give it a name. So first up on the list is Justice. Uh, oh. First appearance, Justice, Volume 2, Number 1. And this is the New Universe version because this one has some time travel in it. There's also the Vance Astrovic version of Justice, which is more grounded than the 616. So if I think about it, it's like, mm, I don't know if they can really use that. If But if you notice, a lot of these are Spider-Man centric, but this Justice is, is character is neither. All right. It's part of the New Universe it's not part of Spider-Man, but it's a Marvel property. Even if you look at Vance Astrovic, that's a Marvel property too. So if they wanted to use this character, it'd have to be um, yeah. Marvel allowing them, right? I well, mean, because Vance, Vance Astrovic's also a mutant, so I highly doubt Sony's going to be allowed to use a mutant. Yeah. So this is one of those things where Marvel's like, you want it? Yeah, we can do that. I mean, this is a, a new universe character, right? I mean, these are some really kind of things. So uh, this actually appears in here twice. It's the first appearance, Justice. And Net Profit are both on here. Um, Justice is a good guy. Net Profit, I believe, is a villain, if I'm not mistaken. But I didn't want to do two different graphics. So just get for one, just know that Justice and Net Profit are both on the long-term spec list. So this is a double spec book if you ever find it, right? Uh, so that's why I was like, you know, when I was going through it, it's got to be this Justice because I Net Profit was also on the list and they both appeared on Justice Volume 2 issue number one. So there you go. That's how I connect the dots. I get this name and then I was like, well, justice really doesn't make sense. And I looked down and I said, what? Net Profit is on there also. And they both made their debut in this comic. So there you go. That's how we put two, thing, two and two together to make seven, boys and girls. Right. And this <laughs> new the new universe stuff you can find in dollar boxes all the time. Not even bagged and bored. So I'm sure you could right. find this. This was a bad time for Marvel. <laughs> and next up on the list is a book you've all been waiting for. And this book will appear multiple times in this. This is Spider-Man 2099 from 1993. It's everybody has a copy now. I, on uh, there was an IG sale, I think on, I think Flip Mode Comics, where they bought a collection that had 150 copies of this. So this book is very easy to find, and probably in a 9A because this is the hard card stock cover. This is the first appearance of Lila. Lila is on our long-term spec list. Lila is short for Lyrate Lightform Approximation. It's basically an AI in the shape of a really, really attractive woman. <laughs> so uh, let me go back to uh, Justice. There is no sales date on it, by the way. Uh, last raw copy sold for $2. Boom. Get it. New Justice, some really interesting stories because I have the star brand and uh, the other one that was started and they eventually brought them all into the uh, MC, the 616. But I believe Jim Shooter is the one that created the new universe uh, back then for Marvel. But this this book is starting to pick up a little bit now. Uh, graded sales data averaging now sixty two dollars and fifty one cents for a nine point eight raw sales are still pretty cheap. This has been on our cover price top 10 uh, the last few weeks. If I I mean, it's littered with Spider-Man books, but. This started way back when Into the Spider-Verse, the animated uh, cart movie came out because there was a slight tease at the end of it and people started snatching up thinking that was going to be the next thing. Well, now you know what the next thing is. It wasn't going to be an animated movie. They want to make a live action series and it would be badass. Put it on Disney Plus because why? They have the budgets for it, right? If, if Sony were to put it anywhere else, they're probably like, mm, I don't know. And Disney Plus is probably the biggest platform that they could have before, you know, now. Here, let me preface it by saying this. Whatever the rumors are about Disney buying Sony or Sony selling just the Sony Columbia Pictures part of it in the near future, it may or may not happen, but we're hearing there's been whispers about it eventually. With the stuff with COVID-19, obviously it caused everything to halt because everybody's shares dropped. So you really can't get a quite a, a, a correct um, monetization of what the company's worth when the stock has dropped like, you know, 
you know, valued 30, 40% less. It's not, it's not accurate. They have to wait, let things get back to normal. And then you can buy something by offering them stock and cash, right? You don't just offer them cash all outright. Just when they bought Fox, they was like, Hey, we'll give you this. We'll give you that. So even though, so remember when Fox got bought by Disney, they still operated as though they were still a, a, a separate entity, right? They were still making movies. And then that's how we end up with dark Phoenix and new mutants. Sony, if Sony was ever to get bought by, and it would be Sony Columbia Pictures, not the entire Sony Electronics. If, if Disney were to ever buy Sony Pictures, Sony still has to operate like they're doing regular business or else it'll hurt their stock price, right? If they just give up and stop doing stuff. So that's why you see things like Service Sable, also obviously Venom, Spider-Man 3, everything is still being made. So this is something that they're in discussions for. They really want to move Spider-Man 2099 and work with Disney, uh, work with Disney to get this over onto Disney Plus. Not saying in the future, maybe Disney just buys them outright or their partnership is much better now. You know, I think what when we find out about the Tom Holland stuff last Jesus seems so long ago. When was it last summer? Yeah. yeah. It was last yeah, summer. I mean, it was summer. It was it, after San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I not, not so much Marvel. I think Sony really learned the hard way that, you know, it, we just pissed off an entire fan base. So, you know, all right. Next up on the list is a very interesting character. You have to bear with me here because this is really, I, I'm going to tell you the story. So I got the list. Thanatos was on the list. Thanatos is like a Greek god of death. Um, and I got this list and I said, this really doesn't make sense at all for a Spider-Man 2099 story. So the, the first appearance of Thanatos is in Incredible Hercules number 138. Um, end up being, go look up. Uh, Spider-Man 2099, issue 12 from 1993. There is a direct storyline that involves the Greek gods. Basically, Thanatos possesses somebody in the Spider-Man 2099 universe, and he, he brings in other Greek gods, which is, I had no idea. Because when I looked at these, I go, this makes no sense. Why are we having these Greek gods? Well, apparently they traveled in time. And who else traveled with them? This character. Submariner number 35, the first appearance of Proteus. So Proteus is a minor Greek god that is also on the long-term spec list. So when I saw Proteus and Thanatos, I go, something has to happen here. So I started searching Spider-Man 2099 books. In, Spider in 1993, Spider-Man 2099, issue number 11, they start a three-issue story arc to issue number 13. And it talks about how there are Greek gods, there's versions of hell, and they go into Spider-Man 2099. It's a, it's a really very specific storyline and then when i see it on this long-term spec list somebody is doing know something about storylines that they want to use those why would greek character greek gods be in any spider-man 2009 book but either way it's good for us because we get to see characters like this proteus first appeared in submariner number 35 and it's not that proteus not the one from the x-men there's a this this is different versions this is the greek god proteus in the marvel uh 616 a graded comic last sold for $230. That's a 9.4. Uh, 189 was last sold. It averages about $230 on, on, on the on coverprice.com. Raw issue, about 55 bucks. So great issue right there. I mean, you got the Avengers on it. You got the Hulk, Silver Surfer. I mean, you know, this is a weird one, but it's on the list. So a lot of times when Mikey gets this list, he gets it from somebody who's getting it, and but they don't have any context for it. So we have to get in and we have to search for and figure out what it is. And sure enough, there is a goofy storyline that involves 
the Greek gods and go look at it. I mean, I'm not saying that book will get hot, but I'm just saying if it is involved, then go look at uh, uh, Spider-Man 2009, issue number 11, 12, and 13. The, the Greek gods are featured within there. And it's from the volume one from 1993. Oh, boy. Oh, Tim, let me take a break right now. I want to give a couple of shout outs to everybody in the live chat. We got Dave in a cave, Thunderhouse Design, Spec Collector. I think we saw Rags in there. You um, have enough I, time. There's 163 people I know, watching, but I man. do want to give a shout out to our boy, uh, Skip Venezuela. Mike, he just hit me up. <laughs> Uh, he's watching us uh, back on Skip, the West Coast. Why? He, yeah, he's watching the show. I want to shout out. I know we celebrated a birthday, so shout out to Mike for watching us tonight. Awesome. Yeah, make sure you guys sub up. 166 of you watching. This is a long list to go through, but we're almost done. Uh, so next up on the list is oh, this is the this is the issue I was talking about. So um, since we're talking about that, this is Spider Man 2009 issue number 11 when Thanatos first appeared. This is the first appearance of him possessing that character, uh, Aaron Delgado, in Spider-Man 2099. Okay? So this is his first ever appearance, and this is his first appearance uh, possessing the body of Aaron Delgado. Just so you know, I'm not crazy. It's called State of Siege, and then issue 12 actually has the Nattles on the cover. If you can see him, he's kind of got like that Aries look to him. You see him in the background there behind the blonde chick? That's him. That almost looks like Kang, too, around the right, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Know, that Kang? So, I mean, obviously with Spider-Man 2099, it's in the future, but there's time traveling involved because that's how characters pretty much uh, get to it. So, yeah, man, it's it's I got to go read that to see how. Uh, also on the list, and I just didn't have a graphic for it, is um, Alchemex, which is throughout the entire, basically, it's like, what is it, uh, Zach? Is it like the Roxxon of the Spider-Man yeah. 2009? Pretty much. It's like Roxxon, Oscorp. It's like the big organization that runs 2099 Universe. They're bad, and that's who Miguel O'Hara is constantly going up against. They're kind of like polluting the world and just – they're bad guys. So Yeah, so they're like the big bad evil corporation. Yeah. yeah, so actually, on specifically what we have on the long-term spec list is the Alchemic School for Gifted Youngsters. So take that for what it is, but – the Alchemex and the school, they all appear first in Spider-Man 2009, number one. That Spider-Man 2009, number one, has a ton, ton of first appearances, obviously, because, you know, it's the first 2099 series ever, I do believe, right? There wasn't anything before that, was there? I'm trying no, to think. it's the beginning, yeah. Yeah, it's the beginning. And if, you, if you've been reading comics right before the shutdown uh, of, you know, comic and everything, there was a lot of 2099 books coming out, right? I'm pretty sure you read them, didn't you, Zach? No, but Spider-Man 2099 had his own title again, and um, I think Ravage was coming back. There was a couple that are, that are spotting up. So, I mean, where there's smoke, there's fire. You know what I mean? So it makes yeah. sense. Marvel doesn't do comics for no reason at all, right? Especially now, for those who know, that basically uh, Marvel Comics reports to Kevin Feige. Everything entertainment-wise under the Marvel umbrella reports to Kevin Feige. Not saying he's... Jokasai runs the day to day, but you know, for any decisions, it still comes. He, Kevin Feige is still the man. He is the one above all. You know what I mean? All right. Next up is a fun book, and this is Zach gets to do this one because I actually, I actually love this cover, but it's pretty dope, man. So this character we got is Moreland. So Moreland's an interesting character, and it's interesting in context with 2099 and our Spider-Man. So Moreland obviously is more well-known for his 616 appearance, and he's a bad guy who has gone around through universe to universe, and he kills people that he calls the spider totems. So individuals with spider-type powers, he kills them, absorbs them, and becomes stronger, almost like a Highlander-type situation. So 
He shows up, goes against Peter Parker for a very long time, but where he crosses over and interacts with the 2099 universe is he obviously goes and hunts down a couple different versions of Miguel O'Hara as well. So you could see him jump over. This character, maybe this might be like wishful thinking, but this is a guy you could see show up in 2099, also show up in Tom Holland, and it could be a villain who jumps from platform to platform because that's who he is as a character. So for the yeah, for those who haven't read Spider-Man comics in a long time, they really taken this kind of web of that right. kind of binds it's like a Spider-Man multiverse. The Spider exactly. Yeah. It's literally an interweb, an internet yeah. of spiderness. And the spider totems are kind of people. There's what is a dream weaver is like the main spider who kind of controls them all. And I was I was just reading Master Weaver. Yeah, and then you got Madam Web and all these kind of interesting right. weird side characters. They really built on the mythology of Spider-Men's or Spider-Verses. It used to be just, I'm Peter Parker, I'm slinging webs. Now there's like a web that really, that they, they kind of did with Venom where they kind of made it every all over the universe. Well, apparently that's there's webs that tie, and I was just reading it, uh, the Spider-Verse that came out, I, I want to say a few months ago, it's been so long now, but where... They, it literally is the, like the Spider-Verse into the Spider-Verse where they really didn't talk about it, but each multiverse has its own version of a Spider-Man that kind of protects the web and there's a Dreamweaver. It's really, I mean, Strike, Straczynski is the one that wrote this and that's a J. Scott Campbell cover, by the way. J. Scott yeah. Campbell did, a, I, I want to say like 10 or 11 covers on this amazing Spider-Man run and Straczynski is a really, really heady writer. So he really took it into really kind of crazy stuff and then uh, the more recent stuff. So obviously, you know, they tried to build on the mythos of Spider-Man because he's such an important character. And not, you know, in the Marvel comics and you can see in the movies. I mean, that's why that's probably why there's 160 of you watching, because the Spider-Man 2099 uh, scoop that Mikey dropped blew up. Movie Web uh, quoted him. Uh, it, it just go. And I tell Mikey, I said, look, Mike, anytime you get Spider-Man news, it's going to pop. That's how popular Spider-Man is. Uh, speaking of popular characters, <laughs> who's next? Great segue. By the way, I know, right? There you go, man. Look at this character. Wait about. Wait till you hear about so this. Let me guy. go back to this one, guys. Amazing Spider-Man Volume Two, Number Thirty, is the first appearance of Moreland. It's very. You can remember it because it's a beautiful J. Scott Campbell uh, right. cover on it. But just remember, it's Volume Two, Number Thirty. But next up on the list is somebody that uh, Zach's going to explain to you. This is Blitzgeist. Next up, we've got a character named Blitzgeist, which you know is a pretty badass name, and. I don't have a lot to say about this guy, except he's a serial killer of the cyberspace that was killed in his first appearance. So his so first a, appearance is also his last appearance. Right. Um, what a great character, right? <laughs> what a great character. Talk about a spec book there. But, yeah. uh, you know, this guy, you need some cannon fodder if you're going to do this 2099. And obviously, they don't have to follow storylines. Blitzguys could be a reoccurring villain and someone who actually kind of messes with them, you know. But um, cool looking character. I know you can't see him on the cover here, but... Google image him. Kind of looks like a, he could be a member of Kiss. Yeah, he kind of looks like Lobo, though. Don't you think? Yeah, though, like guys? there's a Lobo feel to him as well. Yeah, because he's a crazy serial killer from the future, so they had right. to make him have this crazy look. But this is one. And this is a one shot, by the way. Spider-Man 2099. It's just called the Spider-Man 2009 Special. It it came out in 1995, so it's it it's just one of those. Uh, it's a one shot. Um, and next up is actually the first variants that we have on the list believe it or not and this is the last one for the long-term spec list for spider-man 2009 and zach what is it so this one we have i mean dr chronos is his name but he kind of goes a little bit more by alexia chronos 
So this guy is another minor character. He has a lot of, if you remember from the 2099 universe, another big character, one of the longer runs in the 2099 was Doom 2099. So Alexi Kronos also dealt a lot with Victor Von Doom. He dealt with uh, robotics, interacted with Spider-Man, and was killed pretty early as well. But this is another character that you might see, you know, kind of have a supporting role, like someone who is behind the scenes creating villains and, uh, you know, causing chaos for the bigger villains. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, they I just don't have to say about this They don't guy, make you know. cool names like they used to anymore. Huh? Dr. Kronos. You know, when you say Dr. Kronos, you know, my initial theory, I'm like, oh, this guy's time travel. Time but travel. No, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're too spoiled so, with like uh, the other uh, Kronos, the Kang versions. Right. Uh, I forgot what his name was. So, yeah, you know, um, another little spec, fun little spec in the 2099 universe there. What is it? It's uh, Spider-Man volume. So Spider-Man 2099 volume three, actually, number two. So this this guy shows up in the more modern era of Spider-Man 2099. So he wasn't part of the original time. Yeah, and see this main cover, which is bad. I actually like the regular cover more than I like the two variants to the slide, to the left. That first cover, that's badass right there. Kind of just a look like the anatomy of Spider-Man, but there are two variants, and that's a, actually a monster homage variant, the kind of dual cover there, and the other one over there. But uh, oh, guess I was given a uh, I was given a message, boys and girls. You know what that means? Uh oh, Here breaking news! Breaking news! Ladies and gentlemen, could I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Cannonball! All right, boys and girls, uh, this is the bonus features for you. Uh, I just I forgot to mention it, but you know what? I keep you guys watching to the very end. I got some scoops right now. This was given to my man Mikey Sun earlier today. Uh, here's here it is, boys and girls. Iron Fist is being hard rebooted for Disney Plus. Stands in Jones. That's right, boys and girls. They are hard booting. Iron Fist for Disney Plus. They're going to recast the actor. It's going to be based, uh, it's going to be inspired by the Ed Brubaker run and Claremont and Byrne. If you don't remember, uh, Claremont and Byrne did like early issues of Iron Fist, the Bronze Age. I ran to so issue good. number 15. Uh, we're getting more deets soon, but that's what I have right now. It'll be a big budget on Disney Plus. Iron Fist will be full costume and a spec that we did, uh, la I want to say last year is Shang-Chi will make an appearance on that season of Iron Fist. So there you go. The spec on that book is King Size Annual Number 1 Master Kung Fu is the first time Iron Fist and Shang-Chi meet in the comic book. So we're finally getting word that they're rebooting Dar Dar or Iron Fist and uh, so long, uh, uh, Finn Jones. Tim, I think said. you got Finn Jones fired. I think, he's, you know, I? I think he's going to be coming after you. I mean, your hatred for him. So I think, you know. I'm pretty everybody... sure I can kick his ass, bro. I may be twice <laughs> his age, but I, I'm, I'm positive I can kick his ass. You know what I'm saying? I, I'll sweep I'll sweep the leg. I'll, I'll headbutt him. I'll do whatever. I'll bite his fucking ankles. I don't give a fuck. Right. bottles. I'm crazy. Eh? Um, so there it goes, boy and girl. So that book, man, I've been, I've been telling you guys about that book. It's only a matter of time that Shang-Chi and Iron Fist are going to meet up together. And that Master of Kung Fu King Size Annual number one is the first time they've ever met in the comics. I've been buying them up. They're cheap books to get. So, but they are square bound, so they're a little bit difficult to find. So be careful with that. 
Um, get more details on that soon. Also, I want to give you guys an update on some stuff that's been happening uh, that we reported on over some time. It's been reported today that Agents of Sword Disney Plus show that we initially scooped back in September 2019, the final title will either be well, either be Sword Secret Invasion or simply Secret Invasion. There you go. So I've been we've been talking about an Agents of Sword show after Agents of Shield was ended. So Disney Plus is going to take it over. They're developing the final title will either be Sword Secret Invasion or simply Secret Invasion. And if you know that ties in directly what happened with the end of Captain Marvel, right? Where you got to see the scrolls and the spaceships. So there you go. And Spider-Man also, Far From Home. Yeah. Also, Captain Marvel 2, we that we scooped back in September, that uh, Captain Marvel 2 will also be about Secret Invasion and Varenki as the main foe. Remember, we spec Varenki was, uh, I think she's like a scroll princess or something yeah. along those lines. Scroll princess. Yeah, so get out that one. We uh, And another one. We literally just stopped this, I want to say a month ago, that on a long-term spec list for uh, War Machine that we had Ruby Williams on that long-term spec list. Today, we've, there's reports that Ironheart is going to be coming into the MCU. Ironheart in the MCU was initially scooped by the Black Knight with assistance from Mikey. Uh, on the show back in July 2019, we had an another version that they wanted to use her as her introduction. And on the long-term spec list for War Machine, it was very specific. It said Riri Williams. It didn't say Ironheart. So that's when you have to kind of read in between the lines of saying, they'll probably introduce Riri Williams and War Machine and eventually she will become Ironheart and get her own series because it's a character that a lot of the young kids like to follow. It gives another version of Iron Man. So there you go, boys and girls. Man, that was a lot. Um, and you know what? I I think the floodgates are finally opening and things are going to be coming at you fast and furious now because the restrictions are starting to loosen up. A lot more companies are kind of getting back. California is getting back. The governor said Friday we can start start opening up business again. So I'm pretty sure a lot of this information they've been working on in the background. So we're finally getting some scoopage for you guys. May 23rd, I'm going to have a huge Mikey Sutton scoop, and it has to do with the MCU. It's probably about four parts to it of different characters. Um, and it's going to have some long-term spec lists on it. So we got some, a lot of exciting stuff. I'm glad you guys stuck with us through the shutdown, through YouTube, not uh, notifying people. We lost viewership. Uh, and then, you know, thank God our friends at Cover Price, we made that uh, relationship with them. So we're able to give you weekly content, even though we didn't have scoops, because we still are comic book collectors, and we like to talk about comic books. So there it is, boys and girls. That's it, man. That's that's uh, you know, Iron Man. Oh, so we got a Daredevil long-term spec list. We got a Spider-Man 2099 spec list. Ironheart, Ironheart is coming to the MCU. That's we spec that Captain Marvel 2 will feature Varenki as the main villain, and an Agents of Sword show is coming. And I've been pushing this for a long time. And I asked Mikey, is Quake gonna be part of that team? And he says, Yes, they want Quake to be part of the Agents of Sword team because really you can't have Agents of Sword. I mean, you know, Quake is probably arguably the most char popular character on the Agents of Shield. Uh, to, so I think having her continue on, and plus she's just she's beautiful. Great to I, look I at, it. right? My God. God. Pick up those uh, astonishing why you, gotta, why you gotta make it so sexual all the time, Otto? Well, you know what? You gotta have some eye candy once in a while. <laughs> you just can't have us on the screen, you know? <laughs> oh, that's what Otto's for. Otto's here for the eye candy. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> we just gotta work on the lighting so he doesn't blind everyone. We gotta um, give a disclaimer that if you uh, if you uh, get one of those people who like flashy things and they get like, uh, you know what I'm talking about, man. That's right, yeah. You get you uh, like, uh, whatever, it's fine. 
so Quake First Prince, yes, it is. It, Thunderhouse Designs is, uh, you know, and thank you all for joining us, man. 160 uh, of you in the live chat. So I uh, hope you guys are, so, uh, you know, what? I just want to give a shout out to um, somebody who sent me a, um, a, a random act of kindness. And I just want to give him a shout out. Um, look at this, man. Near Mid Copy, Dazzler number one. They sent me a, a Batman versus Spawn. Um, and they sent me this. It's a really cool ash can that was supposed to come out at ECC, but it got canceled. So this is going to be very hard to find. Shout out to my man. Uh, make sure you sub them up. They're a great panel. They're very. They're just starting out, man. But it's um, Dave, and, uh, Dave Cave, I want to say. I'm sorry, man. I had it right here, and I should have... Uh, Oh, Gabe's Cave. I'm sorry, because I kept on thinking Dave in the Cave. Shout yeah. out to Dave in the Cave too, the fourth member of. So, let me. I'll I'll put their um I'll put their YouTube channel in the live chat. So you make sure you sub them up. They have great content. Cool guys over there. Brandon was the one that sent this uh, really cool uh thing. And there's some note in there that I, I don't know if I'm I can tell you guys about it because it said uh, for your eyes only. So I'm pretty sure there's some. Uh, they got some stuff that got planned out coming in comics in the future. Uh, but let me. Here, I will drop their channel. Sub these guys up. They're great guys. Uh, Gabe's Cave. They talk about all things geeky, Star Wars, uh, comics, uh, all that good stuff. So make sure you check them out, man. I really appreciate it. Um, all right. That's it, boys and girls. So that's a lot to pack. Uh, you can always watch on a replay, though. But so uh, have fun hunting down those books. A lot of them are cheap. And that's what's fun about these long-term spec lists. You just have something to go digging for, especially now with some comic book shops opening again. Uh, hopefully, we'll get into it. Any truth to Eddie Gomes? Well, yeah, I got some time to answer some questions for you uh, since we'll go over the full hour. Eddie Gomes asked this, and um, I'll try to answer as well as I can. Uh, any truth to Michael Bay directing the Inhumans? Um, only really one side I heard reporting that, so I wouldn't uh, believe it yet. Would Kevin Feige give Michael Bay uh, the Inhumans? I mean, the, put it this way. After what the Inhumans went through with their um, ABC debacle, man, you would have to get Steven Spielberg to reboot this. Right. You know what they I mean? They got so many other things that they can go with and try to re rebring this. Yeah, I mean they want to redo it. Yeah, I mean they want to redo it, but I don't know how well they will. I mean, it's I know Black Bolt is being discussed as because being part of the Illuminati. I would think Black Bolt will be brought in before. Here's what Marvel likes to do: they like to put the stink of bad properties away for a long time before they redo it right i mean to a point dc too that's why you haven't seen an um a green lantern movie because they they want people to forget that's why you haven't well i mean we'll see how long it takes to get a fantastic four movie right right uh we'll see how long it takes to get another death of phoenix movie uh, which is one yeah, of the best be i would not see another death of phoenix movie uh, i would like to see the entire arc of how she becomes phoenix then dark phoenix as opposed to you know what it was we got the end of one movie. She exhibits the Phoenix powers, and then she just goes full on Dark Phoenix in the next movie. I mean, I, I would like to see. On. Well, there's so many better stories to show to tell, or not better, but other ones. Like we can't just keep redoing the same X Men yeah. story. Uh, when will Ken Lashley be on? I don't know about this week. Maybe next week, I and mean, he'll do that sketch. I mean, he's busy. We're busy. To be honest with you, tomorrow we're going to do an auction. I keep on forgetting that. Um, and uh, I, we were supposed to do it today, but I had these huge scoops. So I know Ryan and I think uh, Prime, we got some books. So we'll do a quick auction. And um, I just got this as auction fodder. So oh, this fodder. Be, there you go. This will be up for auction on tomorrow. This is Risen number three, the first appearance of Punchline. So 
Stay tuned for that, boys and girls. I'm going to auction that off. We're going to start it off at a dollar. Go! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right, boys and girls. I appreciate you all for joining us. Uh, any last words? Otto. Yeah, thanks for joining us tonight. We've got a Three Men in a Basement show planned for you uh, this Friday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. we got Dave in a Cave, Roger Levesque, Nemesis Prime. We've got some nice comic book hauls. I've got some good stuff to show. I reached out. I got another mystery box. I found um, a great site was referred to me called Boxed Heroes. So I've got a mystery box from them I'm going to open up, and we'll see how that goes. So um should be a good show, so please join us. We're going to get the reminder out there. So Three Men in the Basement live uh, this Friday night, 8 p.m. Thank you very much for watching us tonight on Lords of the Logbox. We had a great time. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, Abigail Brandon, that, what's that X-Men book? That's the first appearance of Sword, man. Um, X-Men 3. Because I remember the cover. It's Colossus, and he's holding like yeah. uh, Kitty Pride, right? Yeah. That, that so Astonishing cool. X-Men 3 is her first appearance, and I think that's when she shows up, as, or where Sword shows up as well. Yeah. yeah. Volume, no, no. Astonishing X-Men number six is first appearance of Sword. Abigail Brand is issue three. Yeah, that's the chick with the uh, green. Yeah, Whedon's run yeah, on Astonishing X-Men. Yeah. for a long time. Yeah. Any last words? Are you going to be in the auction tomorrow, Zach? No, I don't think so. Uh, you already sold or got rid of all your bullets? Oh, yeah, we only yeah. got, I only got like two or three lots that were left over from last time. So uh, we're just going to go on tomorrow. Uh, we'll probably do it a little bit early or 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. and just go a couple hours. As, uh, it's not like you got anything to do, right? No. You ain't got shit to do. You just need to get, you know what they say. All right, boys and girls. We appreciate you for hanging out. We will see you tomorrow for the Lords of the Long Box auction. Uh, we'll probably do a little bit early so it doesn't run too late as long as uh, um, Nemesis Prime and Dark Side Jedi are available. So we'll look at 5 p.m. Pacific tomorrow. We'll just run like a quick two-hour auction. And then Saturday, boys and girls, is another version of the Comics, Twos, and Toys claim sale they've been wildly popular so saturday at 2 p.m pacific i'm going to be live from comics tunes and toys and we're going to do another claim sale if you looked on my instagram uh there's going to be some dope books we get, we're talking early claremont and uh, Ooh, uh claremont book ba i'm very 95 jealous. up to like 99 so yeah. those that's the meat and potatoes right there boys and girls so uh you got a lot to peep out tomorrow six at uh, 5 p.m for the lord's long box quick two-hour auction and saturday we're going to do a live claim sale at Comics, Tunes, and Toys, and that'll be at 2 p.m. Pacific live here on, on YouTube. So, as always, boys and girls, keep digging in them long boxes. Peace out. Legends of the universe. Their mission to fight injustice, to right that which is wrong, and to serve all.